Thank you, worship team. May the Lord be glorified in his church today and every day. Not only today, not only on Sunday, in the homes, everywhere. May he be glorified, especially in our lives on a daily basis. Who remembers uh, three weeks ago what I spoke of? The retention, uh, we know, the retention is not always that good. But, uh, oh, Dean, uh, you know, walking with God. And today I want to speak about living in Christ. If you'd like to uh, turn uh, your Bible to one verse, which is in Philippians 121, it's a very well-known verse. And we quote it all the time. I want to look at it today uh, in a very special way. 121. Philippians. For me to live. For to me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. For to me to live is Christ. Paul stresses that his own faith in Jesus Christ was unshaken. Regardless of the circumstances. No adverse decision from the court or the alarm of his friends could alter his firm belief about his present nor his future. To live, to him, to live is Christ. The very essence of Paul's present life was Christ and all that this entails. He identified himself with Christ. And you know why? Though we repeat this verse, he's speaking out of experience. He knew he met Christ. And those of you who were with us six months ago were studying Galatians, starting Corinthians, that he was transported to heaven to the presence of Jesus Christ. He went and had a visit in paradise. And he knew Christ. And in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 2.9, he says, I can't tell you. I can't describe what I saw. And in writing again to the Corinthians says, eyes have not seen and ears have not heard what God has prepared to those who love him. This is why he could say, out of experience, or to me, he said, I don't know about you, to me, to live is Christ. And may God 
after half an hour this morning, help us to repeat with the Apostle Paul, for to me to live is Christ. That's my prayer. Do I hear an amen on that? Amen. It's not difficult, but it doesn't come easy. There's a story about a Texas oil millionaire who specified in his will that he wanted to be buried in his Cadillac. Then Cadillacs were, you know, large and big, those gas guzzlers we call them. So when the man died, while the undertakers were prepared to carry his, to, uh, out his instructions, they dug an enormous grave in the ground, placed the Cadillac on a huge lowering device, dressed the corpse in sports jacket, put a cigar in his mouth, seated him at the steering wheel, and set the speedometer at 60 miles an hour, everything as if he's driving. The mourner, the mourner all gathered around him. It was a, a really, around the grave, a, a different sight. And as the strange coffin slowly sank into the ground, to the appropriate words of the pastor who was doing the funeral, another millionaire, looking at his dead friend with a tear in his eye, said, man, that's living. Man, that's living. Of course, it was not living but dying. And nothing could have been more dead or deader than this man in his Cadillac. But we know what he meant. Whenever you do something that gives you pleasure, you express your enjoyment by saying, man, this is living. If you have a good dinner with a steak and all kinds of uh, things around it, you know, according to Bill Murray's gospel, <laughs> and others, and, <laughs> and others too, <laughs> you know, when you, have, when, when you have that, you say, man, this is living. Uh -huh. Have you been uh, somewhere where you enjoyed it, a beautiful day in the evening, you sat down on, the, on a certain balcony or the, on vacation and say, wow, this is life. Don't you say that? And we do. We do. But Paul said this. He was not on an island. He was not eating a steak. He was not enjoying himself on a cruise. He was writing from jail. He said, for to me to live is Christ, and this is living. And for Christians, folks, what is living? I want to share with you two words. When we sh should we say, this is living? When we should, should say, sit down 
or wherever we are, say, this is the good life. My first point is, when life begins with Christ. I'm not going to dance around this one. When life begins with Christ. I heard many people say, life begins at 40. Didn't you hear that? Begins at 40, prime of your life. Dean enjoys that because he's close to 40. But the truth is, however, that life begins at whatever age when one finds Christ as personal Savior. Doesn't matter. When we are born again, then we find the real life and you life in Christ. I said, I'm not going to dance around it for the next 15 minutes. Paul discovered this truth when he met Christ on the road to Damascus. Augustine was born again when he heard the voice of Christ in a quiet garden. John Newton found Christ on a ship in the middle of the ocean. John Wesley found new life on an evening in a little chapel. And all of us found life. We're born again at a certain point in our lives, whether at home or at church, in the car, or somewhere else, or under a tree. I, for one, found Christ late at night in my mother's kitchen. And I cannot describe the joy. I started crying from the joy that evening when I said to myself, Adel, this is life. Now this is living. And since that moment, I began to live. I was dead. I began to live. Please listen to me, young ones, and more mature people. We begin to live when we come to Jesus Christ as Savior. That's Paul could shout in the middle of the jail of prison, saying, for to me, to live is Christ. All this thing is garbage. There is no life outside Christ. I have news for you. There is no life outside Christ. In John 8, 12, Jesus said, I'm going to quote Jesus today. Say, it'll uh, be merciful. Well, I tell you one thing. Outside Christ, there's darkness. Outside Christ, there's death. Outside Christ, you will be dying, whether in your BMW or Cadillac or anything, whatever they do to you with 10,000 cigars. They'll burn you. But wherever you are, even in jail with Jesus Christ, you will see heaven and see Jesus himself sitting at the throne of God. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in the darkness. What do you mean, Jesus? In other words, if you're with me, you're in light. If you're outside Jesus, you are in total darkness. Have mercy on us, Adol. It's not me. I said, I'm going to be very candid with you this morning. You don't have Jesus. You are living in darkness. And you're going directly to meet God one day 
and you are going to be to be going to hell. That's what Jesus said. He told the young rich ruler, he says, you are going to uh, worship your possessions. You're going to follow your, what you have. Let me tell you one thing. Sell it and follow me. Get out of darkness. And follow me. The rich young ru ruler said, oh, that's too many things to let go. I'd rather stick to them. And he lost Jesus Christ and he lost eternal life. Nicodemus came to Jesus and he told him, you great master, stop there. You must be born again. Your membership in the Sanhedrin will not save you. Your knowledge in the law will do nothing for you. And everything you have is not going to bail you out. Unless you are born again. For to me to live is Christ. Anything outside Jesus you think will save you. Your good works will not save you. Your good behavior will not save you. You're doing things for other people. You think they're good will not save you. The only thing that saves you is to come to Jesus Christ repentant and ask him to forgive you of your sins and live for him. That will save you. You know, I read, someone said, and Jesus, when you come to him, acknowledge him in this manner, he will not let a man be lost if he is seeking for the truth. And you know what? This is the truth. Let me address the young people a little bit today. Young people, today is your opportunity to begin a new life with Jesus Christ. Today, not tomorrow, you might not live. I invite you to come to him as your personal savior, to trust him in your youth because he said, I will never leave you when you grow up. I will never forsake you. I will give you a bright future, a successful life. And then, you know what? When you make this decision, true life begins with Jesus Christ. And then you will say with Paul, this is true liberty. My second point to you, quickly. This is living when life is lived and spent in Jesus Christ. Lived. To whom do you live for? People have goals in life, which is good. They have dreams. We all have them. And they set objectives. This is great. To fulfill, fulfill their dreams and to reach their goals. They, stri they strive for these 
this world's values, money, popularity, power, pleasure, prestige, etc. There's a long list. Alas, so many times these dream, dreams end with disappointments. And we come short of the goals we have set for our lives. Why? Why we ask why? Why I did not succeed in this situation? Let me draw your attention. You did not succeed because simply plans were made outside the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. You might say, you might agree with me or not, but I tell you, I can prove it from the Bible. Anything that you do with the will of Jesus Christ is total success. And without Christ, there is defeat and there is loss and there is disappointment. Living for Christ is going against the tide. How about that? Is living totally apart from this world. It's a word of consecration, separation from sin, if you will, please. That's living for Christ. And Paul did that on a daily basis. Living for Christ is a fight. Idol you are. You want me to accept Christ and start a fight? Yes, you will fight the evil which is in this world. You'll start having a fight with the devil who is in this world who do not want anyone to accept Jesus as Savior. Who wants to lead you to death and hell and damnation. You start a fight. But Paul said, what did he say? I have fought a good fight. I have fought a good fight. Sometimes you get tired and exhausted because you live life as a true Christian. At school, people mock at you. At work, you are exposed to many lies and many things and you come so exhausted and you're tired. You deal with a boss that makes you tired on a daily basis. And it's fighting. It's fighting. You in the world, what did the, the, the Bible said? In the world you shall have, you shall have fights. But be of good cheer, Christians. I have overcome the world. Think of it that you are overcomers. You're not defeated at the end of the day. If you stick to Jesus Christ, you are not a defeated person. But you know who's defeated? You're for the devil. He said, I have fought a good fight. Did he reach the end? Yes, he did. And he is in heaven. When you live your life for Christ, he can do more with it than you can. For me to live is Christ. That's to me. He said, is Christ. 
Someone said, the man who lives for Christ does not conform to this environment. And you cannot conform to this environment. And I'm not saying it's easy. But when you stand for Christ, one day you will stand before him and he will say, well done. Well done, my good servant. A young man was seeking advice from a secular writer on how to succeed and achieve his goals. And I believe this writer is a psychiatrist. And I want you to look at the answer with me. Notice what uh, the writer, known writer, told him. He told him, promise yourself. Okay? That. The young man sat down. Promise yourself to be strong that nothing can disturb your peace of mind. To talk health, happiness, and prosperity. To make your friends feel that there is something in them. To look on the sunny side of everything. To think only of the best. To be just as enthusiastic about the success of others as you are about your own. To forget the mistakes of the past and profit by them. To wear a cheerful countenance and give a smile to everyone you meet. This should be a superhero this morning. To be too large for worry. Too noble for anger, too strong for fear, and too happy to, per to permit the presence of trouble. The young man left with a big question mark on his face. And he said, who can do these things? Who can do these things? And these words to write are fine. Let me ask you a question. By what power this young man is going to accomplish this whole list of things? I, for one, don't have this power. And I, you agree with me, we don't have that power, all of us together, collectively. But we can live a victorious life if we have Jesus as our Savior. For to me, to live is Christ. Then I can accomplish few things. If Christ is, Christ is not in the foundation of your life, all is vanity, the Bible says. All is vanity, and we are striving after vanity. Life is empty unless it's lived for Christ. Lives are short. And let us use our days serving our Savior. For to me, to live is Christ. Are you willing to live for Christ? James wrote in chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, Come now. Come now. He was reasoning. You who say, today or tomorrow, we shall go to such and such city. You have plans and spend a year there and engage in business and make profit. That's the plans we make. 
Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a while and then vanishes. Life is short. It's too short as you grow older. And my answer to this writer is the word of God. In Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, it's a favorite verse with us all. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your understanding. Right? In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Do not trust in knowledge, in education, in sayings like this. Man, apart from God. He never mentioned God to this person. And if you trust the Lord, then you will learn that the way to success and the way to true, true living is living for Jesus. And you can say, boy, it's a good life. Boy, it's a wonderful life. When Jesus Christ is in the center of your plans, your dreams, your goals. You rest assured that all obstacles will diminish and success will be your portion. I promise you, young man, I promise you, promise everyone that only when life is lived for Christ, it becomes meaningful meaningful. It has a meaning. Someone said, it isn't what you wish to do. The dreams, the projects, it's what you will do for God that transforms your life. What do you want to do? First and foremost, for to me to live is And we can say with that guy who was crying over his friends in the Cadillac and in the grave, we can say, that is living. Paul served his Savior with joy until the last minute in his life. He lived by the power of God. He says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. I died to this world. And it's no longer I who live, but who Christ lives in me. What we need is to make sure that Christ is living in us on a daily basis. We don't want a dead Christ. We don't want a Christ that has in, in the house, in the, in the highest wall, you have Christ there where in his cru crucified. You don't want that. You want this in your heart. You don't want Christ as a decoration in your car or your office. We need a living Christ in our lives. Do you have an idea how Paul lived? Who said, for to me to live is Christ. Do you have an idea? I, I copied a few things from Corinthians. He said, to this present hour we are both hungry we're thirsty. 
We are poorly clothed, are roughly treated, and are homeless. Yet, for to me to live is Christ. He was afflicted, the Bible says, persecuted, struck down, in danger of death many times. Yet he writes to the Philippians from jail. From jail, he says, rejoice in the Lord. And I say, always rejoice. I can do, he says, all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can you call that's living? That's living. That's living. Because God can turn all the circumstances around. God can do marvels and miracles in our lives when we acknowledge him as Savior and live and spend our lives in his strength. He was happy. He was content. He never, he never attacked his enemies. He forgave those who put him in jail, those who beat him to death, those who stoned him, he forgave them, and that should show us, should show us the spirit of forgiveness. If you don't have it in your heart, please check yourself, check your Christianity. He never lived with anger. He never. In fact, they stoned him at Lystra, and they left him for a dead person. You know what he did? He, the Lord raised him up. He came back to those people who stoned him and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is that forgiven? He lived as Christ lived. <coughs> Excuse me. And what, what happened? He thought of Christ when he was on the cross of Calvary. And they were crucifying him. They were mocking at him. Forgive me. He never lived with a grudge in his heart. Regardless whether they were wrong or right, he loved them. For me to live, I want to imitate, not Adol, not anyone else, I want to imitate Christ. For to me to live is Christ. And then when you say, I want to live like this, you will go to your brother and ask him for forgiveness. You will go to your sister and say, I am sorry, I've been treating you. I've been treating you in a very ugly way. Please forgive me. I want to live like Jesus Christ. Do you want to walk with him? Then you want to live like him. And go for it. Because once you do that, once you do that, your life will change. And you'll be a blessing wherever you go. And you know what? He didn't stop there. He says, you want to know? This is living. I know I am living for Christ. But he added a couple of words there. And what did he add? And to die. Paul, you die. He said, of course. I know paradise. I can't wait to get there. I couldn't explain it to you. 
I couldn't describe it to you. But I tell you one thing, I can't wait to get there. I wish I, um, if I die, I gain. You know, in Philippians, if you have it open, 3, 7, and 8. And here's, here's, here's a description of what this man of God did, he said. Whatever things were gain to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Whoa. More. More than that. I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And what? I count them but rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. For to me to live is Christ, but to die. What is it in this world? Everything I counted lost is gain. Leonard Griffiths tells of a young man who came to William Gladstone when he was Prime Minister of England, true story. He said, Mr. Gladstone, I should appreciate your giving me a few minutes in which I might lay before you the plans for my future. I should like to study law. Yes, said the great statesman. And what then? Then, sir, I should like to gain entrance into the bar of England. Yes, young man, what then? Asked Gladstone. Then, sir, I hope to have a place in Parliament in the House of the Lords. Yes, young man, what then? Ask Gladstone, then I hope to do great things for Britain. Yes, young man, and what then? Sir, sir, then I hope to retire and take life easy. Yes, young man, and what then? He tenaciously asked. Well then, Mr. Gladstone, I suppose I will die. Yes, young man, and what then? The young man hesitated, said, I never thought any further than that, sir. Gladstone looked at the young man sternly and steadily and said, young man, you are a fool. Go home and think life over. And to die is gain because he had Jesus as his savior. That's the secret. He lived for Christ. This man never thought of him. You are a fool. Go home and think life through. Paul had thought life through. To die would put him in the presence of Christ. And folks, this is it. All of life is found in Jesus Christ. Is he your savior today? Let's bow our heads.
Can you say, I live for Christ? Then go live for Christ. And honor him. And whatever comes, you know you will see him. Whether death or whatever else. And if you are away from Christ, there is still a great opportunity open for you today. Young man, young woman. There's a great opportunity to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I want to live for you. I'm tired of living in this world. I'm at the beginning of a wonderful life. Why don't you take my life and leave and take care of my life? If there's someone here this afternoon who would like me to pray for him or her, lift up your hand. The aid will pray for you. I want Jesus as my Savior. I want to live for him. What to me to live for him. Is there something? Don't say later. Amen. Don't say tomorrow. Don't say when I grow up. That might not be that. That dream. Ask him to come to you. And Christians, if we're living still with our problems and forgiveness, carrying a load, put this load at the feet of Jesus Christ. Start living. Our Father, we give you our lives this morning, our dreams, our goals. Help us not to be like this young man, even after death, he had no thought of. Help us to live for Jesus. And say with the Apostle Paul, for to me to live is Christ and to die. And as we leave this auditorium, we pray that no one would leave it without a decision to live for you and honor you. Bless the families, each and every person, and those who are sick, those who couldn't make it, those who are traveling. Bless them. Bring them back to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The meeting is over. And you're dismissed, and God bless you on the earth.